This is the CQ on Congress Coronavirus Special Report. We are bringing you daily updates on the policy news you need to know using the reporting prowess of CQ Roll Call. I'm Sean Zeller. It's Friday, May 8th. The U.S. economy is in free fall. The pandemic has spurred the loss of more than 20 million jobs in April alone. The Labor Department released the unemployment rate today, a devastating 14.7%. This rises to a level not seen since the Depression. Compare that to February, when the unemployment rate was 3.5%, a half-century low. Then there are the head-spinning deficit numbers. We will delve deeper into those today. The U.S. Postal Service on Friday said it lost $4.5 billion in the quarter ending in March, more than double its loss over the same period last year, and it warned COVID-19 could severely hurt its finances over the next 18 months. We spoke to the head of the Letter Carriers Union to talk about the impact of COVID-19 on its workers and the agency. Now, to CQ Roll Call's Paul Krawczak for the latest on the deficit. We received an incredible uh, report today from the Congressional Budget Office, which issued its monthly budget report, which shows a record-breaking deficit for the month of April. The estimated deficit for April is $737 billion which is higher than it's ever been in history for a month. In fact, this deficit is higher than most full-year deficits. It's higher than the full-year deficit from just a few years ago, 2017. It's a lot higher than what the deficit was a year ago in April. Um, A year ago in April, there actually was a surplus that month. And there often is a surplus in April because that's when uh, taxes come in, when taxes are filed. But the tax filing date um, has been extended because of this pandemic. And of course, you know, the pandemic and this, you know, huge economic slowdown, those are the biggest reasons for this huge deficit. Big drop in revenue last month. Uh, Revenue was cut in half by $300 April spending uh, more than doubled, up by $600 billion. The, the deficit for the first seven months of the fiscal year, which began October 1st, estimated um, at almost $1.5 trillion. That is almost a trillion more than during the same period last year. It's a combination of uh, lower revenues and higher spending, resulting both from the economic slowdown and also from these these four major bills that Congress has passed and the president signed, which provide aid to the healthcare sector and vaccines and trying to preserve the economy. And we are just starting to feel the effects of the economic slowdown in this legislation um, in the month of April. The direct payments to uh, individuals, more than $200 billion in April, state and local aid, more than $140 billion in April. Unemployment insurance benefits, about $50 billion in April, and so on and so on. At this point, the CBO is projecting a full-year deficit of almost $4 trillion, and that's assuming no further legislation is passed. 
but we know that House Democrats are putting together an, another COVID-19 bill, which is expected to be more than a trillion. So we can plan on a deficit probably way over $3.7 trillion by the time we're all done with this fiscal year. What would happen if there wasn't any more mail? If money isn't put toward the U.S. Postal Service, that's a possibility. And President Trump has made it clear that he thinks the Postal Service should be charging more. We spoke to Frederick Rolando, president of the National Association of Letter Carriers. Welcome, Fred. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. So, Fred, can you explain to our listeners what it's like to be a letter carrier, an essential worker in America right now? <laughs> well, I got to say, uh, letter carriers uh, uh, all the time, but especially now, are, are, are really, really heroes. Uh, you know, every day they're going into buildings full of uh, people, uh, and then the letter carriers spend the majority of the day out in public uh, all day delivering to 160 million uh, homes and, and businesses. Uh, you know, this is the, the country's only universal communication and delivery network. So obviously they're responsible for the delivery of uh, prescriptions, virus communications, uh, test kits, uh, uh, online purchases, uh, the last mile delivery for UPS, FedEx, Amazon, uh, the financial transactions, stimulus checks, medical supplies. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. And, and it's a challenge. It's really a challenge with regard to to safety. Uh, we spend the majority of our time. Uh, uh, the, our priority really is is the safety of the employees uh, in the office and on the street. So, you know, we're we're uh, monitoring their social distancing in the office, in the street, making sure they've got supplies such as uh, you know wipes for the workstations, for their vehicles, for the surfaces that they touch when they're delivering. You can imagine what that's like being out on the street. Uh, you need hand sanitizer uh, all day, uh, masks, gloves. Uh, we monitor quarantine protocols with re- regard to contact tracing, uh, trying to message out to you know thousands and thousands of offices around the country, dealing with the staffing absences, the custodial uh, services. So we deal with that pretty much on, on an hourly basis through our internal communications with the post office. You know, finding uh, hot spots, areas that may be deficient in any the supplies or protocols or policies, uh, and that's what we deal with on a daily basis to keep uh, letter carriers as, as safe as we possibly can. And uh, you know, obviously they're apprehensive. <laughs> but yeah, Fred, can you tell our listeners what is the health of your workforce right now? Have some come down with the virus? We've had at different times over uh, over ten thousand employees that have been quarantined. We've had uh, over two thousand that have been uh, diagnosed positive or presumptive uh, positive. And what's that out of a total? Letter carriers is a little over two hundred thousand city letter carriers uh, out on the street. There's over six hundred thousand uh, postal employees. And have you lost any of them? We've had 50 or 55 deaths to date, yes. Goodness. What should Congress be doing to protect your workers? You know, as far as, as supplies and, and, and protocols and so forth, uh, like I said, we've been working with the Postal Service on a daily basis there. What we, what we need from Congress is, uh, you know, our, our second priority you know, after the safety of our employees is making sure that the Postal Service has 
uh, the resources uh, to continue their operations uh, through the through the crisis. As, as you can imagine, the with the economy being uh, shut down, the first class mail has uh, really dried up, and the, and the postal service is uh, projecting you know over a fifty percent loss in, in first class uh, volume uh, and revenue, and they're they're projecting that they you know the cash that they have will last through the end of the fiscal year, the end of September. Uh, but you know who knows? But w- with the different projections, uh, that's what the Congress could do. Is what we really need is to replace uh, that lost revenue uh, from the loss of the first class mail from the economy being shut down. That's what we're looking for in a stimulus package, just to get us through this crisis. Even before the virus crisis, the Postal Service was losing billions of dollars. It lost nine billion dollars last year. No business can operate in the red. Is it, isn't it reasonable to expect the Postal Service to be able to make a profit or at least break even? Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. The, the, last, uh, the last six years, the Postal Service has uh, brought in uh, more revenue, which, you know, we don't use tax dollars from the sale of, of postage and so forth. They, their revenue has exceeded their expenses for processing and delivering the mail. Uh, all the red ink you read about has to do with... Uh, uh, long-term uh, liabilities that, uh, unfortunately, through uh, through law, the Postal Service has had to deal with as a short-term uh, nightmare. Uh, but they have exceeded uh, the revenues have exceeded the expenses for the last uh, six years, and and there are issues dealing uh, with the losses that you referenced that again have nothing to do with the operations; they have to do with the long-term uh, liabilities. But you know, it's really a conversation for another day. Um, uh, right now, we really just need to replace that that uh, lost revenue that is, you know, directly caused uh, by the uh, uh, pandemic, uh, so that we continue to serve the American people throughout the crisis. You mentioned Amazon earlier. They've shown that they can very efficiently deliver to households across America. Might there be something to learn from them? Uh, might we move more into a privatized mail delivery system, and might that work better? You know, maybe for Amazon, not for the Postal Service. You know, the Postal Service's mission is is to provide universal service to the American people, uh, no matter uh, where you live. Uh, the idea of of selling off the Postal Service for corporate profit, you know, in areas where where they can make money, just won't serve the American people. It would especially harm uh, rural areas with uh, you know the increased prices and so forth. So no, I don't see privatization as as, uh, as the answer. I see it more as a, as a threat to the future of the Postal Service and serving the American people. President Trump says the Postal Service needs to raise prices on packages, that it's giving too great a deal to companies like Amazon. Is that part of a solution? Uh, not really. You know, unfortunately, I think the administration has been, you know, grossly misinformed about postal finances, you know, prior to the crisis and certainly during the crisis. Uh, as I said, the, the loss of revenue has, has nothing to do with the parcels. It has to do with the uh, loss of first-class mail from the economy being shut down. So, uh, you know, raising parcels is, is in, uh, the rates on parcels is only going to, again, hurt the, uh, 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 hurt the American people. Uh, the, uh, uh, the public needs package delivery now more than ever. Americans are, you know, financially insecure during this crisis. It's absolutely no time to significantly... Uh, raise rates of, of parcels. And again, it's not the issue. It's replacing the revenue from the first-class mail. You mentioned the the toll the virus has taken. The Postal Service estimates it could lose $20 billion because of it. Should Congress simply replace that money? What's What are you asking of Congress? What we're asking is 
that what we suggest that the stimulus package include uh, would be to uh, appropriate the difference between the uh, the revenues uh, and the and the expenses uh, during the crisis. Um, but we put on the table a figure just based on postal projections of about twenty five billion dollars uh, to to start that off, and then you know look on a quarterly basis, see how long this lasts, and see what that gap is between the expenses. Uh, in the revenues, uh, again, just during the crisis. You say just during the crisis, but, you know, given the ongoing losses, which are now exacerbated, certainly greatly exacerbated by the crisis, I mean, doesn't it show that the Postal Service really can't operate like a business, that it needs a government subsidy? Like I said, the last six years, their their revenues have exceeded their expenses for for operations. What, What we have to deal with eventually what we were dealing with prior to the crisis and what we need to deal with after the crisis is looking uh, legislatively at any postal reforms that might be necessary uh, to deal with the long-term liabilities that, again, have nothing to do with the operations of of the Postal Service. And we look forward to uh, being able to uh, engage in those conversations again once we get through the crisis. What if Congress is not able to reach a deal here to provide some relief to the Postal Service? What would the consequence be? They would no longer be able to operate if they didn't have the cash uh, cash to operate. And and again, um, the American people would suffer. They would lose uh, they would lose the ability to uh, uh, receive all the things that we talked about, whether it's you know prescriptions and medical supplies and test kits and and all the things that the American people count on. Uh, the the rural states would would really really suffer in terms of the high prices they'd have to pay to receive any of those things that they. Uh, could receive by by private companies. I mean, you know, the idea of the Postal Service no longer functioning, I don't believe, is an option. It's something that Congress just has to figure out how they're going to deal with in the stimulus package. Just this week, the president has named Louis DeJoy, a North Carolina businessman who's currently in charge of fundraising for the Republican National Convention in Charlotte this summer, as the new Postmaster General. Is he someone you can work with? We can work with anybody. It, it, it really depends on their agenda. Um, and we're going to keep an open mind as we would with uh, anybody that's been put in that position to see exactly what their agenda is. Uh, you know, assuming their uh, agenda is to, uh, uh, you know, grow this public institution uh, and values its employees and, and works with the unions and the employees to, uh, you know, promote high quality service, safety, efficiency, a uh, uh, workplace of, of mutual respect. Uh, you know, if that's the agenda, I, I think he's probably in a good position uh, to do good things and we stand ready to work with him. Uh, if the agenda involves just trying to move the, you know, the administration's task force report uh, in terms of uh, uh, privatization and, and things like that, you know, then it'll uh, obviously be a challenge. But we're going to keep an open mind. Uh, and we look forward uh, to to uh, working with Mr. DeJoy on on a hopefully what is a, a joint agenda to preserve America's postal service. Fred, I'm very sorry for the losses you've sustained among letter carriers, and we appreciate you coming on our show today to talk about it with our listeners. Well, I really appreciate you having me. Thank you, Fred. Thank you. Finally tonight. The Senate wrapped up its first week back in session since March and plans to return on Monday. It will consider nominations and an anti-terrorism bill. But no virus legislation is on the docket for next week. 
The House doesn't plan to return until there's another rescue bill to consider. That's all from the CQ on Congress Coronavirus Special Report. From all of us at CQ Roll Call, I'm Sean Zeller. Thank you for listening.